Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, parenthesis I, that's E-Y-E. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Well, we've we've left our uh, our decadent uh, meal, our menu, and we're going back into Star Wars this week. Oh, yeah. And definitely, yeah, in recent times, I feel like I have more and more affinity with Star Wars. And I attribute that to Andor. You know, <laughs> God bless Andor. <laughs> uh, Andor is great. Uh, Andor is what, in my opinion, the Andor series is what Star Wars needed. Yeah. Uh, that's that. It's that simple. I, I really like what it did. I can't wait to see what else it does, how it expands things. There are some parallels between what we're looking at today in Andor and what we're looking at today is... Oh, The Bad Batch, which is an animated series on Disney+. Plus, and it's kind of like a spinoff from the Clone Wars animated series, which I did not watch, <laughs> but I heard about. <laughs> so I have not watched all of the Clone Wars. I have seen... I would say a good amount, but there's so many episodes and so many seasons and some of them are kind of long that I've not, I've not, I can't, I'm not going to try to catch up. <laughs> Eight seasons of Clone Wars, right? Yeah, there's a lot of Clone Wars. Yeah. And, and a movie. That, yeah, there's this, I think the movie was first, wasn't it? Yeah, that came out uh, in theaters, but yes. I never saw that either. <laughs> I did see it. I have seen the movie. I remember very little of it. And 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 I'm ash- almost ashamed to say that. I just, my thing is I'm not a big animation person. When I see human mm-hmm. beings acting on screen, I have an attachment uh, to good acting, especially. But it doesn't always have to be the best. Just human expression, everything else, I lose it when I'm trying to get into a cartoon person. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, definitely. Because and this shows up for me too. Like with especially with Star Trek, they have uh, the Prodigy animated series, yes. and like I was watching it a bit, but it's just I've lost the enthusiasm. And part of it is like <laughs> the animation, and also Prodigy is on like the Nickelodeon channel, and mm-hmm. just the Nickelodeon association makes me feel like oh, it's just children's stuff. Uh, what am I doing? <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'm not. I don't dis I don't disdain the animation from Clone Wars and Bad Batch. I also am not like really thrilled with the way it looks. What yeah. was the what was the one uh animated series that came out where all the different animators contributed to it recently? The Star oh, Wars. was it titled that again? It was like Visions, was that it? Star Wars Visions, I think you're correct. No, there yeah. were a lot of different artists there. I kind of like that the most of all the animation I've seen. That and the original Clone Wars that was hand-drawn that came out on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network before the CGI one are some of my favorite stuff for animation. I I find a lot some of those different animation styles more appealing. And I think Visions was all like anime-style animation. Yes. And it was different styles each each episode, too. So there was a lot of artistic diversity there, which I thought was cool. This is... It feels very much like, like these characters were you know programmed into some bryce bryce was the one that we used to use years ago that's probably dating me it was a, it, but it, but one of those 3d image modelers and then set to move around it's it's not i guess there's an art to that but not the kind of thing like a drawn piece of like animation self that makes sense yeah like with bad batch like sometimes yeah the people sometimes seem very like robotic computer generated stuff and it's hard to relate to them but other times especially like the scenery in the background you know big shots of 
wide, expansive areas, you know, that can look really nice and beautiful yeah. at times. Yeah. And, and a lot of that stuff's done CGI anyways. One of the things I think it excels at is showing more robotic type things. Fellers in armor, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Spaceships. Because a lot of that stuff anyways is a little bit better than just doing people because that's what they've been doing you know, for these films here lately, and it's been improving. So it's a, a robot looks better, or someone in all this full armor looks better than if you're trying to get an acting performance out of one of these characters. It feels a little puppet-like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it helps that the Bad Batch crew oftentimes wears helmets and armor. So mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so <that's> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what is the Bad Batch? Let's go back to the first... Give a really quick synopsis of the Bad Batch from season one, perhaps. Yeah. And, and the origin. Because, <laughs> yeah, as we speak now, so far, there's been like all of season one and the first four episodes of season two have been released. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then the Bad Batch characters showed up in the Clone Wars series. And I never saw that. <laughs> but uh, the, I guess the story of this group is like they were like clone soldiers, special soldier unit for the Empire. Yes. And but they kind of malfunctioned like they have they were a bad batch. Yeah. Oh, so let's let's talk about that, because because we're talking about things like obedience being programmed or hardwired into a clone. Or at least that's the intention. Yeah, that's <laughs> the idea that you're given here. Yeah. And 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 when you start talking about, I think some people put out this. There's an old, it's a very antiquated way of looking at this. And I think philosophically, we've moved far beyond this discussion. But people used to say a lot, uh, nature versus nurture. We know a lot about socialization, how human beings are essentially programmed and brought up. That's you know this nat there's there's still this idea there that there's a nature to rebellion very liberal ideology of human nature type thing kind of i feel going on in there which is interesting it's showing of a world view <laughs> yeah. and it's interesting because like the clones yeah they came from camino uh you see that also in the prequel movies the camino and the clone stuff and uh so the clones were genetically programmed so that's the nature part and it's all based on the genotype of Django fett mm -hmm. you know bubba fett's yes. father so to speak yeah biological origin and so they have that nature part but then the nurture is like they were totally like brought up in like a factory <laughs> boarding school kind of environment you know military school where they're like trained and and you know, uh, yeah, I mean, programs, they, are, so to speak. they are programmed, yeah. That is how you program someone yeah. like going through boot camp, is very yeah. much a process of uh, of programming a, a recruit when you're yeah. in the United States Marine Corps. There is there are certain things that are done intentionally to program you to act, respond, think, and behave certain ways. Programming is a legit thing, <laughs> yeah. So they kind of are raised in like a boot camp slash boarding school. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what happens is they run across a, a so there's the clones that we talked about, which is the Django Fett clones. Yeah. And, yeah. and and this is the same actor. So if we go back to the original trilogy and the recent Mandalorian and Bubba Fett series, this is this we have the actor who plays Django Fett who reprises the role of Boba Fett because Boba Fett was intended to be a clone. <laughs> uh, Tamora Morrison is the name of that actor. He's from uh, New Zealand. I think it would be really cool 
to see a live action approach to the Bad Batch. I also think it would might not be so great because you'd have to CGI every character in there but they had a face and it would just be what it is. So the idea of doing him like four or five versions of him in various uh various versions of himself, skinnier, stronger, different body shapes because of the physical conditioning that they've received over the years, how they've trained themselves. Doing him in that many different ways would be difficult and probably require a lot of CGI. So doing it the cartoon way is probably the best way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and definitely with cartoons, is like you're able to see like crazy special effects stuff like, you know, uh, monsters and aliens and spaceships, and you can just animate it. So it's really simple compared yeah. to when you do live action. Yeah. So I, I like it. I, I, I It's interesting. It's not none of the cartoons are my favorite cartoon. I would like to see at least one or two of the characters from the Bad Batch pop up in a live action thing, like a TV show or something at some point in time would be cool. Oh, yeah. So that goes into, so you have like the Bad Batch group, you know, they malfunction as a batch. But part of the idea behind the series is they come across, well, one of them kind of leaves the group and rejoins the Empire because the Bad Batch, they go rogue, they defect from the Empire, except for one guy, Crosshair, and he rejoins the Empire. But at the same time, they also find a new clone who's uh, another malfunction clone, so to speak, but she kind of malfunctioned by being female. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because everyone else is male. And so Omega is her name. And so the interesting thing with her is they describe her as being like, essentially like the twin sister, so to speak, of Bubba Fett. So with that being the case, theoretically, and maybe they're actually leading up to this, maybe a live action version of Omega will show up in Book of Bubba Fett season two if they do that. Oh, that could be interesting. I'd be I'd be curious to see a, an older Omega and what the what happens to the character later on down the road. I and and you could have uh what's his name again played Bubba Fett? I, I keep oh, Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison have him being all old, like, oh, I'm one of the badge bash left. That would be cool to see. I'm gonna go into Away from what I want to see, though, right here, <laughs> dream castings. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about what was in here because you brought up the so one of the bad batch ends up becoming a totalitarian fascist with the empire, essentially. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like they regain free will in this whole season. It's kind of them gaining free will and deciding what to, to do with their lives. But the one guy, the crosshair that rejoined the empire, it's kind of like. His story is like he regains, he gets free will and he decides to become a fascist and to join the fascist <laughs> military. Yeah. And one of the things he says is one of the, uh, so the clone troopers, is a change going on. The clone troopers are becoming stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, I believe, are getting people who aren't clones in their ranks now and that's yeah. changing. And one of the clone troopers turned stormtrooper is speaking to him and says something like, more and more clones are questioning. Well, then they are traitors. Just like the Jedi. Yeah, and the response, yeah. just like the Jedi. And in the response says, well, good soldiers follow orders. Yes, yeah. And yeah, Crosshair, like definitely he had that phrase and it kind of is seared into my brain from episode one, season one. Yeah, good soldiers <laughs> follow orders. And th- that's his big, his mantra in life is kind of that thing right there. Yeah. And, and now I'm, I've never been a soldier. I'm not a soldier. I don't know what it's like to be a soldier. I'm a U.S. I was a U.S. Marine. There's a difference there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't know about that soldier and stuff. I wasn't in the army. <laughs> but I think they said that like stormtroopers are like the equivalent of Marines. 
And so I guess like the clone army, maybe they're more like soldiers then. I'm going to push back. I'm a sharpshooter. <laughs> oh, just like <laughs> oh, just like crosshair. I can take, I can take it. I can. I, I'm, a, I'm a sharpshooter, and I can take, I can take any of those, any of those, any of those stormtroopers. <laughs> they can't oh. hit for shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done puffing my chest out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, I think that the good soldiers follow orders is something I want to talk about a little bit because it's interesting. Um, and it's definitely a politically charged comment as yeah. as one who was, yes, sir, I will in the Marine Corps. And when I got out, I got very involved in the anti-war movement and questioning some of the orders that were going on, I, I, like pointing out stuff like uh, if you it's hard to find online since Marvel movies came out. But if you look at the old Winter Soldier trials, there was ones for Vietnam and then we had some Afghanistan and Iraq ones. And they talked about those soldiers following orders and the kinds of horrible things that occurred throughout Afghanistan and Iraq, essentially war crimes, cruelty, stuff like that. So good soldiers do follow orders. But let's ask what like what underlying thing is there? What why are they why is it that we're just mindlessly obeying? And what are we mindlessly obeying? And who benefits from that? You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the whole idea is not to question. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the Bad Batch, especially because like the Bad Batch series starts basically right after the end of a episode three Revenge of the Sith movie yes. is kind of when Bad Batch starts. And you have Order 66 where it is given, which there's a chip in all these clone troopers brain uh, that makes them compelled to like follow Order 66, which is to kill and eliminate all the Jedi. <laughs> and so that's kind of like the point of departure when the Bad Batch decide, no, no. Well, for one, the trip doesn't the chip doesn't really work for them because they're defective. Yeah. So they can't actually do it. And then when they see all the the other clones like following that order and like doing the killing, they begin to question, like, wait a minute, we're working with the Jedi. What are we doing? And so they begin to question the whole Operation, everything. Noting, let me say this, noting that the ones who do rebel against this order are ones who are working closely with the Jedi who have been exposed to this other group of people that they're told to kill and hate. They're yeah. the ones who have been interacting with the ones that now those in power want to target. Yeah, they had been working together with the Jedi during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the Jedi are persona non grata. We have to kill them all. And, and in reality, if if you interact with somebody, it's 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 far more humanizing than if they are a removed abstract that you that is not someone you know. After you've heard these Order sixty six, they're bad, they're evil. You got to get rid of them. They're they're, they're terrible things. You know, <laughs> it is yeah. dehumanization is is dependent on that in reality. So yeah, and and that starts then. Uh, like a snowball effect once the bad batch leave like other clone soldiers are beginning to qu question things and some of them are beginning to defect and you meet some other clones that are defecting in other episodes and that order 66 is interesting because we start getting into now order 66 and dooku let's talk about count dooku for a minute because count oh. dooku's dead <laughs> yeah yeah he already died in the well i think episode three movie yeah and but there seems to be a like we've just recently did the tales from the Jedi where we got a little more expansion of Dooku's character in an interesting way, kind of questioning good and bad and who's on what side and, and kind of placing him as a good guy in a sense and things, but still who joined the Emperor and they they kind of push some of that again in this referring to Dooku in some of these episodes. They go to Dooku's palace, 
They talk about Dooku's fear of the Jedi and what the Republic would become. They kind of talk about how that did come true. It looks like he just maybe chose the wrong side in that. (laughs) So I think there's something there. Yeah, God, you can have a whole spin-off series of Dooku. (laughs) I think that's what they're doing here right now. But we're going to have to wait until we get the full AI version where you can just talk into the AI machine. It'll spit out a movie for you because because Christopher Lee is now passed. I don't want to recast Christopher Lee. That would bother me. (laughs) It's interesting because in the Tales of the Jedi uh, animated shorts, uh, he's beginning to question the whole, like the point of like serving the Jedi and the Republic and all that. And he definitely, uh, he goes rogue eventually and out of idealistic reasons or altruistic reasons. And then in one of these episodes of the Bad Batch, it turns out he's like looting and plundering from the people, just like the people he was questioning and rejecting. Yes. (laughs) I think one thing that we forgot to bring up that happens earlier on is we also have another heist at the beginning. So there's only four episodes out right now. We're only talking about the first four. Oh, and, episode of season yes. two. Yeah. So like recent, the recent review we did of of uh, of Solo, a Star Wars story, and Andor, we get another heist. Only this one's not as successful. Oh yeah, it just totally <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they just barely escape with their lives. And I feel that so as they're doing this heist, you got all these all these riches that are trying to get from the Empire. Essentially, they fail. They meet an old feller in the woods, and he shows her a Omega. He shows her a toy, and she goes, "This treasure?" Because the, the treasure is kind of a big focus of this. Later on, we're gambling for money. We're trying to get we're trying to get wealth. We're trying to go get some kind of money in a lot of these. There's a mad dash for the money, <laughs> right? Yeah, and similar to Andor, the, the idea is like, this is such a big heist. If I can successfully pull it off, we'd have enough money to retire and not have to be bounty hunters. I, I think that I think that a lot of people can relate to that. If I could do this one job, I don't have to keep on doing this grind that's killing me anymore. That one oh. time, I'm just a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. <laughs> oh, I think that's the whole idea behind people playing the, the lottery. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if you win, then you can not have to do a BS oh, yeah. job anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I play the lottery regularly, and here's my thing. I, I, I If you go to some of these fancy theaters now, it's 15 bucks for you to see a movie or something like that. Two people, it's like 30, you get to be 40 bucks real quick and easy to see a movie for two hours. If I spend three bucks on the lotto, I spend days, the next couple of days in my daydream, entertaining myself with what I'm going to do with the money that I want to win. <laughs> so I oh. justify it as another entertainment expense and it's cheaper than the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, entertaining with the thoughts in your head about your ideal life. <laughs> yeah, my, my imagination is a better place than any film or, or or any anything out there that I can be entertained with, I prefer it. That's why I like role playing games. I like yeah. my imagination better. <laughs> and then, similar to the lottery, there's a whole industry of gambling and casinos and stuff too. It's oh yeah, the same premise of like if you win big, then you can like quit your your job. Oh yeah, and and we see that here. And in, in was it the third episode, or was it the third or fourth episode? We get the we get the we get the the pod race. Oh, so you're talking season two, right? Yes, yeah. yes, and season oh, two, bad. So, bad. so far, so I, I watched the first half of the. I think it's the fourth episode you're talking about yes. of season two. Yeah, I w- watched the first half of that episode, but then once they set up that they're going to be doing a pod race and stuff, 
I, I and they're not good at it. They don't know what they're doing. I, I stopped there because I'm like, oh my god, this story is such an old trope now. Ah, <laughs> I've I, seen it so many times, you know. You know, I kind of felt that going into that one too. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, I'm just watching them do episode one's pod race slightly different. I wasn't impressed with it. It didn't bring anything new to the table, but we're on the gambling, and that's what's going on. Is they're betting back and forth in this episode. And 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 the, the, the they lose and then they go oh double or nothing and they go back through it so you've got this whole thing and then they start questioning uh, the intent of people that they've cozied up to as it goes on. Uh, with this, yeah, when, we haven't mentioned Sid. I think it's the name of the character, right? The alien woman who they, they find after like the Bad Batch and plus Omega, of course, uh, when they go rogue and they're like kind of wandering and stuff, and then they meet this this kind of a what do you? Kind of a crook gambler per- <laughs> person, you know, big ties to the organized crime, Sid, uh, who I think the, is voiced by a woman who is in the Cheers, right? Was it Rita something? Oh, really? I, I don't I did not realize that. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit I'm going to hit search right now. Bad Batch cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should always I always know that I need to look stuff like this up before we start recording. And I'm horrible at just doing it. I, I, I just have no time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it, that... is Rhea, it is Rhea Perlman, who was in Taxi with Danny DeVito back in the day and I believe married to him as well. And I remember her from there. I didn't realize that was her watching it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's what's great when these actors and actresses like get older, like uh, animation and doing voices is still like a good place. So you don't have to dress up and do makeup or any of that stuff. Oh, all the Doctor Who actors, a lot of the Doctor Who actors went over and did audio adventures in later years for Big Finish. And they record little audio dramas in a similar manner that they would with uh, with uh, with cartoons. So I think the voice actor thinks an interesting place to go, I guess, with your career as an actor. Yeah. In our society, it seems to be only young folks. When they want to put young folks on TV, having a diverse array of ages is not a thing they want to do. You have to be, you have to look, especially if you're a woman, you have to look like you're 22 and, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to have the sex appeal, basically. Yeah, the sex appeal that's yeah. according to like Hugh Hefner's definition of attractive or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting pretty- to- like the Bad Batch it definitely has connections with like the Mandalorian and Boba Fett in that they're bounty hunters, basically. They, yes. they do jobs that could possibly involve killing people for money. Like I've said before, there's the three the three versions of Star Wars that are the three the three kind of classifications of Star Wars they use in the role playing game. And that they use in other things, just like the uh, the rebellion side of things where we focus in on the actual rebellion. Then there's the scum and scum and scoundrel, like you got the bounty hunter criminal element. And then you have like that Jedi element. And it seems to be one of those three focuses tends to be whatever it is we're looking at Star Wars media wise. And this yeah. is definitely in that bounty hunter scum smuggler arena of things as opposed to the rebellion yeah and you could say yeah this is like bounty hunter then andor was like rebellion and then Mm -hmm. obi-wan is like jedi the warrior monks (laughs) exactly and mando and boba fett will be in that the same vein as this in that bounty hunter and smuggler stuff this criminal element yeah same with uh, han solo as well yes yes Rogue One, well, just like the sequel or the prequel and or Rogue One, you got far more of the rebellion and fighting against the, the Empire there, that resistance focus. 
Now, the original trilogy, I don't know why there seems to be a splinter there. Because if you think about the original trilogy, there were those three elements all in those movies. Yeah, they're all there. (laughs) In fact, like the trilogy, you could say uh, Luke Skywalker, Leia, and Han Solo. That's like the three elements. uh, Oh, you're right. Yeah, Jedi, Leia would be the rebellion, and Han Solo the criminal. (laughs) Exactly. You got the scum and villainy. You've got the the rebellion uh, general, princess, politician. And then you've got... Luke the Jedi. Use the boss, Luke. Use the boss. (laughs) So I wanted uh, there's a uh, there's a couple other things I want to talk about before we get out of here. Um, that's what towards the end there was some mention the familiarity between you two suggests that this is personal. This is business. We've got a race to win. I, I I I I'm. I'm very just, and maybe this is just me reading more into it, but the fact that business is in a race, (laughs) this is business. We have a race to win. Very much capitalism. That fight to the top, that race. We have to win that, that, that way you get the money, that way you get the head. You have to compete. You have to win. You have to dominate. This is business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not personal. Oh, and that happens like all the time in Star Wars. I mean, what's crazy is like the Star Wars galaxy, it's so cutthroat and mm-hmm. brutal in a way. <laughs> and in a way, I kind of like that over Star Trek and because Star Trek has at least a veneer of being like loving, compassionate, ideal society. But in Star Wars, it's like there's no pretending. It's just like <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you know, people die for stupid reasons all the time. I, and, and I'll be honest, I do prefer like... Uh, but I, I could talk about Star Trek and, and if you wanted to talk about a political ideology and where I have differences with it and whatnot, that's one thing or another. It's interesting. But I find the most interesting stuff in that area where we're living in something that more mirrors what we have. Oh, and that's Capitalism like <laughs> and totalitarianism and all those terrible things. Like, yeah, those are the bad guys. <laughs> those are the bad guys we have to deal with. And they seem more modeled on reality. I connect with that a little bit better. Seeing people put up that resistance against that, I, uh, the the criminal, the or the the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> and one one thing I did catch when I watched the half of the episode last night, uh, of, like in the racetrack and stuff, like they're shooting lasers and stuff on the race and all that, and occasionally, like lasers, like go and shoot like the audience and kill the audience. <laughs> And as soon as like an audience person got killed, like the on the announcement, they said, we have no liability for the danger of participants here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, we're all just we're all just uh, just uh, casual participants observing on the sidelines being picked off. By the wild because they don't give a shit. Yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that kind of thing is probably happening in like NASCAR races or something when a car oh, would like fly into the bleachers and kill an audience. People, oh, this certainly happens in the stock market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyhow, are there any things that stand out to you specifically that like you make you really like like your favorite elements of this? Or this so far, is there anything that you're like, oh, I like that they've done this, or anything oh. on the opposite that, oh, this is kind of nasty or something. <laughs> Oh, what I'm, I mean, one thing, uh, I think I, I messaged you about it too. So it was uh, episode three of Bad Batch season two uh, called The Solitary Clone. Uh, yes. I love that episode. I've watched it twice already. It's about Crosshair. It's all about Crosshair, who's the Bad Batch clone who like joined the Empire. Mm-hmm. And he's the solitary clone because 
with him, he really has no social ties or connection to anybody except the empire, you know, because he was part of the bad batch that defected from the empire, but then he left the bad batch to join the empire. So he doesn't have them anymore. That was his, like his surrogate family. And then like, he's hanging out like in the mess hall, you know, eating meals with other clones, but the other clones want nothing to do with them. Like if he sits down at a the table, they get up and leave and all that. And then like, he's assigned to like a task and stuff with like a, a clone trooper who he's met in the past, a commander guy. And then after the, the mission, that guy defects. Like, because there's so many, like, clones that are, like, are questioning things and defecting. And so he doesn't even have that guy anymore. And he stays in a room by himself and all that. And he's totally, like, the solitary clone. And, like, you know, the mantra, good soldiers follow orders. That's, like, the only guidance and consolation he has in life. Uh, The one character in there is Vice Admiral Rampart. And I thought he was interesting. He reminds me a lot of our feller we got in Andor, who was a company man who was uh who had screwed up because he has he is realizing Vice Admiral Rampart is realizing that he he's told Grand Admiral Tarkin and everybody at the Bad Batch is gone and dead. And what he does when it turns out they're still out there, instead of seeking them out, he's kind of killing people that could tell on him and let uh, let the higher ups know that he did not take care of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it's kind of a little different response to the screw up than we got in Andor, where he's like, "Oh, can you pose a problem for me in this? I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> oh yeah, and you see that also in the Obi Wan Kenobi series too. The people in the Empire, like they're always like jockeying for position and ways to like climb the so the hierarchy, the ladder, you know, in the Empire, and like. Sometimes if you need to like kill like your opponent, you know, your competition, it's okay because you need to like climb the ladder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, that's how it is though. Like getting up the ladder, you gotta, you gotta throw people under the bus. You gotta tear <laughs> people down. You gotta push them down. And you you want to succeed over everybody else. There's no way we can have that Star Trek world of cooperation to try to meet everybody's needs. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's gotta be survival of the fittest. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing that was hinted at in the solitary clone episode is like they visit a planet in a solar system that had been a part of the separatists, you know, the Confederacy of Independent Systems. And so it's kind of revealed that, you know, after like the leadership of the, the separatists, you know, like Dooku and uh, Grievous and all that, once they were all killed, then not all the independent systems joined the empire. There were still some that were independent and remained independent and never accepted the empire or republic, whatever, as their leaders. And so yeah. in those cases, like the empire has to go in and like go to each independent system and like try to forcefully take control. And the old feller that they ran into in episode two talks as, oh, well, you're part of the rebellion. Is the rebellion they assume is something? No, I would like, like he talks to. I can't remember the name of the people from the planet, but yeah. no, I'm we were this. We are these people. We were here. Before there was a rebellion, we were here. And I think yeah. that's an interesting an interesting thing to put out there because, you know, <laughs> we were here before the colonialism, before the empire came in, before they slaughtered my people and took all this for their benefit and wealth and to create their Death Star and to fill their prisons with, with labor as we've seen, cheap labor as we've seen in Andor. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it also reminds me like how in the United States history, like 
once upon a time, people would identify more with the state they live in, more so than like the United States or or the Confederacy during the Civil yes. War. They always, yeah, their state came first. And so in this case, like, yeah, the independent solar system that people identified with that more so than the Confederacy of Independent Systems. I'm a Texan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're coming close to time. Do you have anything else we want to touch on the Bad Batch? Uh, well, one thing, uh, yeah, the Bad Batch also plays with the concept of archetypes uh, because like uh, the main characters are all kind of archetypical, <laughs> right? So you have like the big, strong, stupid brute guy and then you have like the genius technological guy and then yeah. you have like the charismatic leader person. Yeah. And then you have the kid. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It really does. It leans into that. It, it's interesting. I, I, it's as a car, as, as the cartoons go, now my statement of being not the biggest fan, I do actually enjoy it more than I enjoy the clone wars and some of the other ones. Um, I perhaps because it's not as much of it to go through and I can follow it a little easier Clone Wars kind of skips around a lot in various stories, and it's hard. It, it, it's hard to follow from front to end. Like they, you know, they don't take a linear approach. Oh, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. And then also, Bad Batch continues uh, the the trend that like Disney Plus Star Wars started, where you have uh, like the hero warrior person and a little kid that's tagging along. <laughs> you, know? you have like Mandalorian and Grogu and you have like Princess Leia in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And then in this case, you have uh, Omega with the Bad Batch. Who would, would all be uh, the robot count of Andor or does Andor not get a baby? Ah, uh, no, no baby for Andor. <laughs> for oh, Andor. No. Yeah. no, no. The and original also, baby you know... was the original baby though. I'm going to oh. put this out there. The original baby the original cuteness was R2-D2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in the first, yeah, the very first Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like way before like the Disney Plus era. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was the OG. The third yeah, yeah. movie we got, we got the, uh, the cuteness would have been Ewoks. So the cuteness in Star Wars is not something that just suddenly popped up. It was there from the very first movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like scum and villainy and baby cuteness is always. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review. Parenthesis I, where can they find you online? <laughs> Oh, at parenthesis i.blogspot.com for some of my writings and the at parenthesis i on Mastodon. And that's E Y E. Yeah, at the end. Like your eyeball. <laughs> you can find me at the regular Wobblies and Wizards podcast. And everyone has their own rebellion. <laughs>